Okay, today we come to Galatians chapter 6, the last chapter of Paul's letter. And from the very first chapter until now, the letter has emphasized strongly the pure biblical gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ Jesus alone. Um, there was a false teaching gaining ground among the churches in Galatia that was requiring adherence to the law of Moses in addition to faith in Christ for salvation, as we've said. Uh, but Paul strongly refutes that heresy throughout the letter and holds up Jesus' work alone as sufficient and necessary for our complete salvation. As we come here to the final chapter, Paul issues some final exhortations for them to hold uh, each other accountable in their Christian walk and to be aware once more of the false teachers. So let's take a note of a couple of things here. Um, first has to do with accountability. Paul has laid the, the theological groundwork in the first five chapters, correcting the errors of the false teachers. And now he spends this final chapter exhorting the believers to hold each other accountable to walk in the truth. In the first five verses, Paul lays out a wonderful model of how believers ought to hold each other accountable in the faith. Uh, it's consistent with what Jesus himself said in Matthew 7, 1 through 5. Um, and in that passage, in Matthew 7, Jesus commands that we not judge people arrogantly or wrongly, verses 1 and 2, but then says that we that when we do need to hold someone accountable who is caught in a sin, we should examine ourselves first, uh, verses 3 through 5. Uh, take, the, take the log out of your own eye. He doesn't say, and then don't pay attention to the speck in your brother's eye. He said, take the log out of your own eye, and you will see clearly to help your brother with his speck. That's almost exactly what Paul says here to the Galatians. Paul agrees that we have to hold each other accountable, verses, verse 1, part A. But it's just, he's just as concerned in the manner in which we go about it. 1B, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, uh, uh, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Um, you know, uh, he, he strongly emphasizes the diligence we must give to our own soul before we are in a position to help our brother or sister in Christ. He says, keep a watch, keep a watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Um, the believer is to, verse 3, to test his own work. And if we do this, then when we do see a brother in Christ who is caught in any transgression, it says, then we'll be spiritually mature and humble enough to be able to go to him or her and restore in a spirit of gentleness. This is an element that is, that is too often missing in the church uh, uh, today. Our, our involvement in church often doesn't go any deeper than attendance on Sunday morning, unfortunately. And often we have no intentional interaction with other church members during the week uh, for the express purpose of holding each other accountable in spiritual matters. The church was never designed or intended to operate um, on that superficial level only. Sure, Paul says each one will have to bear his own load before the Lord on the last day. That's verse 5. But he also says that we're to bear one another's burdens all along the way until we get there. That's verse 2. Be intentional about your discipleship. This is perhaps best achieved by having a brother or sister in Christ within the church that you can meet with, maybe even more, even more, not just one or two, but maybe three to five, that you can meet with regularly and, and hold each other accountable in your walk. But secondly and finally, let's say a word about compromise. As the letter comes to a close, there's an interesting line that could easily be passed over and missed completely. Paul is reminding them one last time that he cares for them very much, unlike the unlike the false teachers and then in verse 12 he says it is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh 
who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. It appears that these false teachers at least professed to want to have some connection to Jesus Christ in the Christian faith. They obviously came out of Jewish backgrounds, but wanted also to be able to claim some kind of association with Jesus. In verse 12, Paul seems to indicate that part of the source for their false teaching was due to not being willing to bear the hardships that might come with following Jesus wholeheartedly and, te and teaching the pure gospel that he brought. They knew if um, they preached and taught the gospel that Paul did, they would likely be persecuted by the Jews as Paul was. It's interesting that Paul doesn't immediately say that the false teachers preached a false gospel because they believed a false gospel and didn't believe the truth, true gospel. They, that may have been true, but the reason he gives in verse 12 is that they didn't want to be persecuted for the cross of Christ. They compromised the truth of Christ to save their own skin. Our sense of self-preservation is often the dominant motivating factor in every compromise we make. We compromise the truth or we compromise on doing the right thing mainly because we love ourselves more than we love Christ and the truth. I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to you. It is astonishing when we professing believers um, can read the words of Scripture and its instructions are crystal clear. And yet they, they we simply will not abide what it, by what it says. We know the right thing to do and then we don't do it anyway. Um, sometimes Christians will say, they know what the Bible says, but a lot of a lot of Christians, professing Christians, will often reply, "I just can't do that." And that's why Jesus said so clearly in, in Luke fourteen, "Count the cost." That's Luke fourteen twenty eight and following. Well, those are some serious words from uh, Galatians chapter six, and that's not surprising considering how um, Paul began this letter at the very outset with serious words of exhortation to them. But it's a wonderful letter that bears, um, or that, that, that should uh, deserve careful, careful reading and study. So I hope you'll take uh, these short podcasts simply as a platform to go deeper in your own study in Galatians. And tomorrow, uh, we'll come to his uh, magisterial letter to the Ephesians. Until then. <laughs>